This is a podcast about the hardcore community. Made by and for those who live authentic lives and embrace hard truths. We archive the stories of the bands and people who make this lifestyle possible. I'm Josh Lyon. And I'm Greg Benoit. And this is the Hardcore Archive Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Hardcore Archive Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Josh Lyons. Uh, It's just me tonight. Um, So, yeah, this is the Hardcore Archive Podcast. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, I haven't really done too much uh, plugging my other podcast that I recently started, but I'm going to talk about it for a second because I think it relates to what we're talking about tonight. Um, recently, I started a new podcast called Spreading the Hardcore Reality, and I basically play about 10 to 15 new hardcore songs on every episode, and it introduces not only my listeners, but myself to a lot of new bands, and last month, one of the bands that I heard had a lot of really good breakdowns and other just parts that I really enjoyed, so I started talking to them more, and we decided we would bring them on this podcast to kind of get to know those guys a little bit better. So I guess without further ado, uh, Grave, Grave Heist, downstate New York, motherfucker. Let's get it. <laughs> Let's get it. Uh, so we're going to be talking with three of the band members tonight. We're going to be talking with Ethan, the vocalist, Zach, the guitarist, and Dan, the drummer. Uh, so I guess we'll bring on Dan first. Uh, how you doing tonight, Dan? Good, man. Josh, nice to see you. Thanks, man. And Ethan, how you doing tonight? Can't complain. Can't complain. And then uh, we got Zach. How you doing, Zach? Doing good, man. Just watching the Yankees. Hopefully, close the deal here on the Dodgers tonight. You know, it's funny because I'm a I'm a lifelong Dodgers fan, and I knew at least one of you guys would be a Yankees fan, and I was so close to wearing Dodgers gear for this interview, but I try to always be nondescript, so I just want to put the Puma hoodie on because I got a Dodgers hoodie upstairs too, and I was like, we could get the shit talking going. What's the score in the game? Looks, I haven't checked it in a while. Four one. Let's go Mets. Yeah, Volpe hit a two run homer in the top of the ninth. It was 1-1 last time I saw it. I mean, whoever listens to this probably either A, doesn't care about sports, or <laughs> this game will have happened like three weeks prior. So uh, it is what it is. It's funny because I've, I've never talked about baseball on the podcast. And the last interview I did uh, with a local rapper, at the very end, we, I ended up realizing that he's a, a baseball fan, so we talked about baseball then too. So yeah, nice. maybe it'll become more of a recurring theme, I guess. Um, but like I said in the intro, we're talking with Grave Heist. Um, I heard – Last month, um, a little a little more, more background, I guess, on what I do with the podcast. Uh, the other podcast I do, Spread the Hardcore Reality. Um, I go through Bandcamp like a few times per week and check out all the new releases. And I just happened upon your guys' stuff last month. And I was like, man, there's a couple really, really uh, good breakdowns on here, you know? So I started communicating with you guys and put a song on the podcast. And um, so I definitely want to talk a lot about uh, Grave Heist, but... I know Ethan said at least one or two of you guys has been in some bands before. So um, let's kind of go through, you know, just previous uh, bands you guys have been in, if, if any of you three guys have been in any, I guess. Yeah, yeah, so, definitely. So I've been in, um, I've been in Oswald Shut, which was like a death metal, deathcore kind of thing. Uh, that was with uh, my boy Rob Muller, who's now in Groaning Wretch. Um, that's like, uh, I'd say like death metal from uh, Massachusetts. But yeah, like that was basically before this and uh, before this, it was that band and a band with Kenny uh, Concrete Grave, which we like it was like basically our foyer in like being in bands like we didn't know a lot at all uh, before then. 
And and before the other two guys give us their list, uh, I know Ethan, you and I were talking beforehand that, that you're uh, you have some other uh, musical uh, endeavors that you partake in that don't involve uh, hardcore metal, I guess, right? Oh yeah, uh, I do like pop music and uh, uh, electronic music on the side, like just you know for shits and giggles. I mean, I am going to be doing something with it, but like for now, I'm focusing on Grave Heist, but. Uh, like you know i'm i'm in school right now as well so i'm kind of divvying up my time between all things and actually kenny and i along with josh another guitarist in the band are doing a shoegaze kind of thing that we're like working on uh but that that's also on the back burner right now yeah you ain't gonna have any time for that every everyone who watches this podcast will see uh that ethan's uh, involved with music too obviously we, we we post these on youtube too and a few people listen, watch on there so i'm sure they'll they'll see uh are your your musical equipment behind you there yeah definitely and dan what about you what other bands have you been a, been a part of yeah it's funny uh i started a long time a little bit not too much older but i mean i'm i'm in my mid-40s so i know the guys are like early 30s that i'm playing with and how i met them is it's it was by chance but Bands I was playing with, I actually played in uh, a band with Josh, the guitar player, for a long time. Uh, we took a break for a little bit when I was in North Carolina, but I started out on uh, 93, and there was a there was a spot. It was like kind of like a teen center that opened up in Brewster, New York, where where I grew up, and it lasted didn't last very long. Lasted I want to say a little bit over a year, but that's where I really got started. Like, and I met. And got to play with some of the bands that are part of this history you know what i mean as far as down down in this area you know like inside the city and stuff and that spot became like a destination for for the bands to like come out of like you know connecticut and come out of the city like when crown of thorns first popped out you know what i mean and and uh sub-zero was like the the local band you know what i mean they were from the town over from us and uh I became like friends with those guys through just playing as a kid over there. I mean, when I started playing over the 93, I was only like 14. And that's what was kind of cool about it. You know what I mean? And I didn't know any different, you know what I mean? Compared, you know, I look back on it now and talk about it and talk about it with these guys too, where I'm just blown away, you know what I mean? All that, all that stuff and up to this point, but yeah, I've been playing a very long time and played in uh, some bands. Shoot the Messenger was a big band that we played for a long time. Josh and I had, and uh, that went off and on for about, almost like 10 years and uh that was cool um some other bands this band rise that i play with um right out right after high school uh our singer at the time he was good friends with uh this band called fahrenheit 451 and district nine out of the bronx so doing shows with those guys and opening up with them were wild man especially being like 18 19 years old and you know i feel like such a young kid but didn't know any better man it was it was pretty crazy man i got some some nutty stories but I can go on and on about this, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I love I love a lot of that early to mid. I mean, I love all New York hardcore, but a lot of that early to mid '90s because that's like I think you're a couple years older than me, probably because I'm 42. Um, but I got into the, all that shit like in the mid '90s, and that's when all those bands were really popping off. And specifically, like that New York hardcore, like VHS uh, documentary or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever whenever you mention District Nine, I think of uh, the wacky the wacky interviews in there for one but for two there's like 
I forget what the name of the song is, but one of the songs of theirs, when they play live on there, it just sounds so hard the way they, the guitar sounds on there. And like yeah, I said, I like, love, I love that era of New York hardcore, man. So, like, and they were you know. a great bunch of guys, man, like big family, like they rolled deep and, and like, it was cool. Cause it was just, it wasn't, it was a different time. I mean, the, the hardcore then at that time, I had a lot of groove at the same time with those breakdowns were nuts. And, um, I got to, to hang with Ray who actually drummed for, for both those bands. And he's a sick drummer and, and watching him and kind of getting the field, you know, behind the set and watching him play behind the set was just such an inspiration too at the same time. So that was, that was cool kind of growing up seeing that and man, they partied though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Cause I know the, the one, it was, did one of those dudes from district nine end up being in Scarhead too, right? Um, they, uh, Scarhead was funny because they were all around because honest, the guy, uh, Rig Ross, he was a drummer. He played with Scarhead and all. And we grew up, he grew up in a two, two towns over from me. And uh, he played in, alongside bands in that boardwalk time in Brewster. And he was playing for Scarhead. I know that I couldn't, I couldn't even tell you. So many people were in and out of those bands. You know what I mean? Yeah, kind of jumped in. Yeah. Yeah, was, Scarhead had like 50 members, so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Danny was Danny was nuts, man. He's good, good, good dude. Freaking crazy ass, man. Yeah. And uh, Zach, what other bands you've been a part of, man? Uh, nothing nearly as cool as what Dan's been through. But uh, I used to play in a, uh, aside from that band, Concrete Grave, that Ethan and I kind of got our, our start uh, just in metal in general, but also in uh, you know us kind of writing songs together that never really stopped, whether we were in bands or not. Kind of always just working on little projects here and there. But uh. Uh, before the pandemic, I was in a pop punk band actually called Semi Pro. Uh, you know, we had a, a nice, decent little following in the area, but uh, nothing, nothing quite as exciting, I think, as this coming up right now for Grape Heist. Yeah. All right. All right. So yeah, let's kind of start. Go ahead, Ethan. Sorry. Real quick, I should have mentioned that uh, uh, we, me and Kenny, have been like making music forever, like together since. I want to say like high school, late middle school. Yeah. Early yeah. high school, I'd say. So that's like, we've been doing this for a while. All right. So kind of jumping into Grave Heist, uh, Zach, I know you were kind of breaking down the geography for me a little bit uh, beforehand. I just kind of want to like, like double check this for all the listeners. I know we keep saying downstate New York. So are you guys like closer to like Poughkeepsie or New York city or like kind of in between or everybody's kind of spread out or that's actually it was kind of perfect how it worked out because we were pretty much in in between poughkeepsie new york city and then like uh i guess uh, western long island i, I wouldn't quite call it, uh, going all the way out east but you know it was always easy enough to kind of get anywhere in that area and then same thing with uh fairfield county in connecticut getting out there it was always we were kind of like right in the middle of all that I'm going to say this or Steve, our basis will kill me. We uh, are, we have <laughs> to claim, we have to claim Hudson Valley. <laughs> so we're Hudson Valley. I started the downstate thing on our pro on like our profiles. And then Steve quickly was like, claim Hudson Valley. So whenever I hear downstate, I always assume Hudson Valley, but I just always want to like clarify. I mean, I know most listeners are just like whatever they're from new york state who cares you know but i'm, I'm kind of a nerd with that kind of stuff i guess i'm always just like all right you know downstate all new yorkers are yeah well when I, when I was younger i heard the term downstate for the first time and i was like does that mean albany or does you know what i mean like it all it, it always kind of confused me so now I, I have more of a better of understanding of what downstate means i guess um so all right yeah so like i said 
what do you, what is it five or six songs on the on the on the on the on the ep you guys just dropped do five right five yeah five five yes so like i said i, I there's a I, I pretty much every song has has a has a, a part that i'm like man this is fucking dope and it's got me thinking because i know you guys are kind of like toeing the line like with like metal and hardcore or like crossover or whatever you want to call it and it kind of makes me wonder because like i've always said like coming up like especially when i was younger that like i don't like metal and i don't like any of that kind of stuff but like as i get older the more i hear bands like you guys i'm like well maybe i always did like it and just never realized you know so kind of take me through the formation like i guess like were you guys did you guys have a a, a style like sonically in mind of what you guys wanted the band to sound like when you first started writing material i guess uh i i guess not really um so a couple of these songs that got started like in the you know have a lot of these bands have been going lately i wrote a couple of songs in the middle of the pandemic nothing really in mind i was a uh, just I, I guess the just the crossover hardcore style in general is something I had been listening a lot to. This one band uh, called Cross Me. I don't know, like a real small band I think from the Midwest. Um, I think they only put out like one or two things, but that was like the band that I had been listening to a lot for some reason. I don't know why they came up, um, and that was kind of what got the first song uh, that we. So Territory was kind of like the they were the the band that I was like listening to a lot, and then the, I guess kind of the rest of the song kind of just took shape from there. Yeah, because sometimes, like, I mean, there's a few different ways I think you can go with, like, the crossover, I feel like. And, like, there's, like, that Texas style, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then there's, like, more of, like, the newer, like, beatdown style bands where it's almost, like, death metal at times. And, like, like I said, like, I'm not as into metal. So, like, when I hear stuff like that, I'm, like, not as interested, you know? But, like, you guys keep me interested, especially especially with, like, with, like the breakdowns. Like, was that something yeah. you had in mind? Like, initially, like, I want to make sure there's, like, at least a couple of good... Can I jump in and, and, and talk? Because it's funny how, it's funny how, like, this went down. Because I was just, like, shoot the messenger. I was playing with Josh. Josh is a great friend of mine, man. I've been playing with him forever. And the, the band was kind of fizzling out. We just recorded two, man. We were just, we were right there. But it just, it just wasn't lining up with everybody, you know, anymore. It just kind of just saw its, saw its time. So... I was, I think I was sitting around for like two months, man. I was losing my, my mind. My wife's just like, dude, you got to do something like, you know, and I went the old school way because I'm so out of the game trying to find new shit. I don't know where to go. Where do I go? I go to Craigslist. I'm like, dude, I shot in the dark, shot in the dark. And I see an ad for hardcore, you know, metal thrash drummer wanted and influence influences there was a couple on there and then one local band mind force that's up you know in the hudson valley area i was like all right this can't be this has got to be fucking bullshit so i i responded and then i couldn't upload some stuff and then it kept saying like uh you know receivers not getting it i'm like what the fuck i mean this is just it's just not meant to be i get a call from zach <clears throat> and i'm like get the hell out of here he's like, yeah i got your stuff we talked for about 25 minutes um he sent me the stuff they were playing. They had a, a, a drummer for a little while. I think they recorded a couple songs kind of at your house, right? We at didn't your studio? record anything yet. So we had our, we met a guy named Mark. Uh, he ended up not working out. And then uh, we hit up Dan who we, who well, you, Dan hit us up. And we were like, automatically, it was like in sync. Yeah, dude, because I listened to the stuff and I was like, because you never know what the hell you get into, number one, you know what I mean? And I was just like, yo, I'm like, okay, I could do this. And But I was listening to some of the drum stuff and there was a lot of, there was a lot of double bass and I'm like, I, I could play double bass, but not like 
death metal style, not metal metal style. You know, it's just not my thing, kind of like you. And it kind of organically went into this, our sound now. I mean, and then once we started playing, I think, I think it was within like two weeks, they wanted a guitar player too. That was kind of the ad. And I, I you know, I kind of was through Josh in there. I was like, oh, well, let me get Josh in here, man. And Josh's a hell of a guitar player, man. And then I met Steve and we all kind of clicked. And the musically kind the music kind of just went into what it is. And I I just like because there's groove to it. There's there's still even though the, the, with the breakdowns, and I'm all about that. And that's how I felt like how Fahrenheit was and 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 addition I had, you know, what I mean, that kind of era of New York hardcore to me, even some of the older Mad Bull stuff, you know what I mean? That's the way I kind of felt like it was starting to turn into that kind of sound. And and it is, it still has that metal thrash, but it still has that 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 kind of groove kind of hardcore. Shit, I love it, man. I do like, I'm the biggest fan of this band. You kidding me? <laughs> uh, so I, I want to touch on what you said, though, Dan. So you guys had posted a, a Craigslist ad that Dan re- responded to? Yeah. Yeah, so um, I had, I don't know. I, I don't know. So we posted one Craigslist ad and met Mark. That all didn't work out. He was a great dude and, like, a great drummer. Just didn't work out. Um, and uh, I don't know if we posted a second Craigslist whatever happened with that that's when we met mark and yeah like craigslist right like it's fucking <laughs> tedious place ever but it we we had we like lucked out and the fact that they came as a pair and like like kenny and i kind of come as a pair so it's like two pairs and then it's steve who just fits like perfectly as like the missing puzzle piece and like uh as i said like kenny and i work together for years so coming and writing the two demos that dan was talking about that we sent him originally that that came out like like in uh, cumulatively like two days and uh he dan was stoked on him he mentioned the double bass that that's all me i programmed the drums so I fucking like I went ham, but um, but uh, but it's like I said. I think I even said this to Dan when he first joined. I was like, I'm so glad the double bass is gone because the groove factor just went way up. And on, on top of that, like it just felt more real. Well, the reason I asked about the Craigslist thing, too, it's funny because I interviewed a band from uh, San Diego like late last summer called Bent Blue, and uh, their their formation story is very similar, too. Like, they had posted it a Craigslist ad, and at, and at the time, I was like, man, that's so, that's so bizarre. I can't imagine, like, that working out, but it's that's, that's now twice in a year that I've, you know, interviewed. Um, and, and, and the program drums, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up because it goes back to New York hardcore. It's, it's one of my favorite stories I've ever heard on the internet or read on the internet. Um, the band 108 was trying out drummers at one point in the in the late 90s. I don't even know what era it was, but um, apparently they were trying out Harley Flanagan on drums and he had listened to the recording of the drums and he like played like really hard for them, like, like as hard as he could, like all sweating and going crazy and shit. And he was like, I don't know how the fuck you guys did that. She like that double bass is so crazy. And just like Ethan just said, he was like, Oh, I programmed that shit. Like it was, we didn't even do that shit. And, and Harley looks at them all like crazy, like you motherfuckers, you know? Yeah. I said the same thing to Josh. I called Josh, my dude. I'm like, I can't play this shit. 
I'm like, listen, just listen. Tell me it's a machine, please. Just tell me it's a machine. <laughs> yeah, when I hear machine, like going back to the Bandcamp thing too. Like sometimes when I hear bands now, I'll be like, I can't tell. Like, and they post the photo with the band, and it's not a full members. So I'm like, is this real drums? Like, as it sounds like, <laughs> sometimes it sounds kind of like the the program shit or whatever. Yeah. Um. So. Like, it sounds like you guys didn't all quite know each other, uh, like, going into all this then. Like, what, did everything gel, like, writing the music after you guys kind of, Dan kind of came through and, and said he wanted to do this style? Yeah. I'm, I mean, within 10 minutes of meeting Dan, I was like, I, I think that I texted Ethan. I was like, this guy's going to work out. I don't even think we had gotten through the first song. I don't even know he had finished setting up. We just, I just knew talking to him, shooting the shit. All right, this guy's going to be our drummer. And then when he said, like, I got a buddy. Josh, you know, he plays guitar. Um, I saw you guys were looking for a second guitar player. You know, just give it a thought. And then he didn't really bring it up. So, like, I mean, Dan was really, he was ready to, you know, to do what he had to do to, you know, start playing in a band. We appreciated Dan that. Dan showed us yeah. a song Josh played. What yeah, was the song? That too. What was the song? Which one? I don't, I don't remember. Wait. He played, like, it was like Megadeth or something. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, was, I, think he was playing I told him soul. that you guys said that he can come to like you know next practice. So he sent me a video of him playing. What was what, what Megadeth song was it again? I thought it, I thought it was Tornado of Souls, but I, I don't remember. It, I no, you know what? I think it was Holy War. Oh yes, yes, yeah, you're right, you're right. And he and it was a video. He sent me a video, and he was just ripping. And they're like, oh, "Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All, right, all, right, all right, bring him in, bring him in, bring him in." <laughs> it was fucking great. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, we needed Josh. Yeah, I mean that first practice that we had, it was just uh, it was just Zach and I, and uh, and like you said, we just headed off. We ran through the stuff, man, and and like I said too, I just made a suggestion, left it alone. I didn't want to push it because I wanted to see how we all you know fit together, even before even Josh was even you know going to be a part, if a part at all. And it just so happened, man. It was like I felt like honestly, and it sounds like that cliche saying that like I feel like I've I've known these guys, but I. I I really do. Honestly, I feel like I've known them for a long time and it's only been about six, seven months. And, but I think just how it worked out and, and, and where we are with, with music and our relationship with music and what we want to do, like on, just as a per personal level with, with music and, and, and see how far we go. I, it's pretty much even, man. I mean, we're all on this one, this one page and, and that's rare. It's rare. I mean, I, like I said, I spent a lot of time in a lot of different bands. I was down in NCA, played in this band called Out of Hand and we were playing everywhere with everybody i'm not gonna go and throw names out there but and these guys knew everybody it was this, the singer and the bass player this band called nurse to flame they knew like everybody and they're fucking dickheads <laughs> they're the biggest dicks except for john john was cool i like john but anyway and, and even though I, I they know i tell them to a fucking face either way it don't matter to me but i'm just saying just just to get back and circle around about how this band and how it started and everything where we are now today i I couldn't I couldn't have put this together trying if that makes any sense. So I think you with the six or seven months you kind of started uh, you kind of set up my next question I guess uh, did you guys start working on the songs that would become uh, future world order pretty much right away like is that what what like the songs you guys were writing immediately what what you guys ended Kenny, up recording? You can take this one. Yeah. So I think um, like before we found Dan we had two two or three like solid songs written. I think um, Rise of Injustice, like we had the, the, the bones written. Well. Yeah, Territory and Rise of Injustice, I think, had been recorded like two years ago with the, like the, the versions that we would eventually send over to Dan. Um, and then I think 
by the time we actually got into to like you know rehearsing songs with Dan and eventually Josh, we had probably three of the songs written, and then the other two kind of just I I want to say came together within like the first maybe two or three times of of jamming with Josh. Like a, I I remember we 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 recorded a the you know, three songs that we knew the first time Josh showed up, and it was like. How, how did this work out so perfectly? <laughs> Definitely. Now, kind of getting into the recording aspect of it, I know, Ethan, we were talking before, and like I said, anybody watching YouTube will be able to see that you have, like, a pretty good studio setup right there. Um, were you, were you like, demoing tracks immediately? Like, like, is that where you guys practice, too? or? So what happened was we would start, well, so we had Territory and Rise of Injustice completely demoed out. Like, we had everything, the bass, drums, guitar, vocals, all of it. Um, and that's what I said we originally showed to Dan. And then after that, it became every practice, we would record our entire practice. A, so Dan could memorize his parts, and, like, we all could memorize our parts. And then B... So we'd have it so we, you know, have an outline of what songs we want to do. So we honestly ended up recording those songs. Finally, we uh, we talked to Dan and Josh, who uh, knew uh, Richie, uh, who's a member of Sub-Zero, and uh, he has his own studio, and he basically recorded the drums. Once we were all done with all uh, all the writing and stuff, um he we went in to see him and he recorded all the drums and basically i took it from there he did the editing on the drums as well but after that it was all me and then um you know with writing specifically like kenny I, as soon as kenny sends me something i write something i write lyrics so like and it, it takes no time and then like i'll you know adjust them over time but um, with this, I felt like I was writing on the go, which was kind of nice because I was feeling the songs as they were coming together. And that's basically what fueled my writing process. And the, the like, I'll say this last thing I'll say, the lyrics are, you know, half of them are like about personal, you know, turmoil, I guess. And then half of them are more about social awareness. And uh, I knew that's that's kind of the way I go with my lyrics most of the time, even when I used to rap way back in the day. But it's like, it's honestly, that's, I love how this process of making songs came together because it just, it was so fluid. I'm curious too, and, and any you guys can jump in on this question too. Like we're in the era now, obviously, with like Spotify and Instagram reels and stuff, and bands like I've been noticing more dropping like two and three song promos. Like with you having such like recording accessibility there, Ethan, like were you guys at all tempted to drop like 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 less songs earlier and, and do like more like a couple drops at a time, or were you guys dead set on doing an EP and like like doing it the way you did it? You know what I mean? I think we're still set on like dropping thing, little things here and there. Like, I don't think we're going to treat this like, you know, I mean, I'm sure at some point we'll be, we'll do a full album, but like for now, I think our goal is to do this. Then we're going to talk about a split EP 
and then um that pretty much from there is like whatever happens happens so we 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 like short releases we like short songs yeah so short songs short releases one thing i really liked about that new lords drop from mind force was that it was like 10 10 songs i think but it was like still like 27 minutes or something like that it, it, it was wasn't so even that short. long yeah. No, no yeah it was really short so. yeah it was shorter than that yeah yeah there's a there's a couple albums this year i i, I was thinking about today i don't even know if they're, they're if you would consider them full lengths or like like 12 inch eps but like there's like like 10 songs now from bands that are like 15 minutes it seems like that's the standard for like a full length or whatever you would call that now you know it's it's crazy. Changing. everyone's just like you know they gotta gotta get through it gotta get yeah. through it everything's gotta yeah. be like this, you know so i feel like it's kind of just organically going that way you know with yeah. the time I, 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 yeah i was gonna say i agree with what ethan was saying like i prefer the short songs like Sometimes it works if a band wants to put a couple extra parts in there, you know, a couple extra, like, slow the breakdown down or whatever, you know, but, like, when you start getting into those, like, I was talking earlier about the, the death metal, some of the beatdown bands, like, when you get into those, like, six, seven minute songs, like, I kind of tap out there, because I don't really have the attention span for that, and, like, I'm just not, I didn't really come up on that kind of shit, so it's just not really for me, you know what I mean? It's got to be interesting. If it's interesting, like, but, again, like, like you said, like, also, to make seven minutes interesting is kind of difficult, like yeah. all the way through. Yeah, I've mentioned on here before, Cruelty from Japan is like the only example I can think of a band that can write like a like a 12 minute song. And I'm like, all right, those like I appreciate those parts. You know what I mean? Like, but like most bands, I'm like, all right, come on, shorten the shorten the song a little bit, you know? I'm um, so like when like. I guess you taught you kind of mentioned like you guys pretty much recorded everything with you and then Dan recorded the drums separately and then you you handle everything else from there Ethan yeah so basically we just went to Richie for the drums uh he's in Brewster Barking Dog Studios um uh we met him through Dan and Josh and he actually killed it on the drums man like I I would argue that he did a better job on the drums than I did on the whole EP but like, I mean, it came out nice. Uh, and I'm just, I was blown away though to go to him. And actually for the split EP we were gonna talk about, we were thinking about going back to him uh, doing, cause we're gonna do two songs each, both each band, so. Yeah, he's got a great place. Richie's got a good good spot over there. He's, it's it's pro, that's all he does. Like that's, that's how he makes a living. And he's got a really, really sweet spot set up over there. Big studio too. Is that split EP something you're able to talk more about, or is that something you'll tell me more about after I stop it and record? Yeah, we can <laughs> talk about it. No, we can totally talk about it. We're uh, we're in. We're currently talking with Jawdust from New Jersey. Uh, they're uh, they're tight. You actually should check them out. Um, yeah, I've heard like them. Oh, I've heard them. We love yeah. them, and like we're gonna be playing with them on the 10th, actually this coming Saturday at Second Nature, um, in Peekskill. But uh. Uh, yeah, they're 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 awesome, and we we just immediately when after we were done with the CP, I don't even think it was like a couple weeks after I was just like we should do a split EP with Jawdust, and uh, it, uh, everybody was down pretty much immediately, and yeah, so we're gonna go into the studio with Richie, and I think they're gonna record their own two songs, so. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Like that's again, not to keep plugging my other podcast, but that's something that like I've been noticing. Like that's why I started that other podcast. Like there's it's obviously I mean, there's two elements you can attach to it, like the the lockdown, having so much time on our hands and and the turnstile, like just the boom of hardcore right now. But there's there's like literally like five million new bands right now and all of them are good. You know what I mean? Like I'm not all like of them gone. I'm man. not hearing yeah, I'm not hearing bands and like, oh man, this shit sucks. You know what I mean? Like I've like, I've literally yeah. heard like like hundreds of new bands in the last couple of years, and and they're all like, they all have their different like their different thing they're doing too. You know what I mean? Like everybody has their own lane right now, which is, which is really cool. Like one of the last interviews we did, we were talking about how like it seems like in hardcore now, like the scenes are kind of more like like coming back together now like there's not as much division with like like metalcore shows are separate and like these things are separate like it seems like you see more mixed bills now which i like i definitely appreciate shit like that you know what i mean because like i don't want to just hear like one style of of band you know so like but getting but that but, but not to get on a tangent like there's, you, you guys mentioning jawdust which makes me think about like there's so many good new bands right now it's crazy you know so many yeah i'm out of the loop i feel i'm so out of the loop because <laughs> it's like all i every time i every time i i talk to either josh or you even you guys you're telling me like oh man you hear these guys and you're saying names like no clue no idea no idea. yeah that's where i was at in like 2020 like when the lockdown first started like i was familiar with like a handful or two of like the newer like wave of bands that was around then and like especially do, like through doing this podcast with like a couple other channels like i've just gotten pretty obsessive just about keeping track of all the new bands because like i said there's just it's just there's so many good ones and it seems like every day like i find like a new band that i'm like man i thought i thought last week had like like some solid releases you know and it's just it's crazy um so you mentioned the show with jawdust like have you guys played any other shows yet or is that your guys first show so we had uh our first show was uh back in march we played with um Two bands that was called Chemical X and the RBNX, right, Ethan? Those were RBNX, just RBNX. RBNX. Oh, not the RBNX, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at a, a spot in Newburgh called Toasted, I think I had never heard of it before. Uh, it was yeah. A spot though, it was like a, it was like a, a like a cocktail bar, and on the other side of it was a like a, a Italian bakery, and they like closed off the entrance to the cocktail bar, and you had to go in through the bakery, and uh, it was just like. Of course, this is where a hardcore punk show is happening. If you know, if somebody's willing to host it, it'll happen. Now, with kind of going back to what we were saying, like I, like I, I would say you guys are more of a hardcore band, like like not even really a crossover band. Like there's obviously crossover parts. Like I know people can compare you guys to like early crossover stuff, but I guess my question is like, like what do you guys like? Speaking of talking like playing shows, like like are you guys preferring to play hardcore or like metal or are you guys going to do both or you don't really care you know i would i would yeah i would agree with you i would say first and foremost we're a hardcore band um i think that we have a like the, the kind of metallic and groove kind of influences and sound on there also uh we would fit on a bill with maybe a little bit more metal leaning but i say yeah for right now i think our focus is just just to play hardcore shows but i think the also the beautiful thing about the hudson valley is that just heavy music in general kind of just melts real well. So um, I think we're, we're just, we're open for anything. I think that's another uh, thing about us coming together is that we all um, have like different music tastes. Like we, we come together on a lot of things, but like we all like listen to all kinds of music. And so 
I don't think we try that hard to define ourselves as far as like a band and what we're going to play. I think that just comes naturally and it kind of just fits into the hardcore realm slash thrash or whatever you want to mix us in with. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get the vibe, Ethan, that you're into a lot of different styles of music. And I, I think I mentioned that, that one of my recent interviews was, was with a local rapper. So I'm sure uh, in a separate conversation, I could definitely talk to you about rap because I, I heard you talking about uh, recording rap uh, in a previous life or whatever. So, yeah, I've done everything from EDM to rap to like, I can't even I mean, I do. I'll just I'll just get an idea and I don't I don't really think about the genre or care what it sounds like. I'm going to record that idea and just see how it pans out. And like um, as, like I'm going I'm in school uh, at Berkeley for music production. So like music production is my thing. Um, and that's I think why I like being in all these bands, because it gives me kind of like practice, but also some like portfolio work. That's really cool. And, and it's nice, like, in, in this era where, like, recording and learning this kind of stuff is so much more accessible. Like, so I feel like a lot, more. Of, a lot of the stuff that you've, you've, you've read it off, like, you've been able to record. Like, I feel like, like, when we were, like, children, you probably wouldn't have been able to have the accessibility to do a lot of that stuff. You know what I mean? So I mean, I even remember the early 2000s getting equipment was like, you, you, if you were in high school or whatever, you couldn't, you couldn't get shit. Like it was all so much money and like, um, and like, that's how I got into hacking to be honest, because like literally I, I, I used to download all the, all the fucking illegal software, like every digital audio workstation, all of it. So it's a different time now. Yeah, yeah. on a four track with a cassette four track, you know, and that's what that's where first recording was on, you know. We did it in his, in his parents' like living room, you know, kicked him out for the day and, and set him to dinner, and then you know that was it. That's what we had. And it sounded like garbage, but still, we thought it was the best shit ever. <laughs> you know, it's crazy though because you hear like the early '80s, like AF, like all the like the raw recordings that those bands did, like Negative Approach, and it still sounds good. But like if I hear a band now that records raw like that, like 90% of the time, I'm like, man, I don't know if it's like the digital, like the way we listen to stuff now that I'm just more used to like hearing like a more like polished recording. You know what I mean? Like there's certain bands that I like hearing like a loud, like lo-fi recording or whatever, you know what I mean? But like for the most part, like it's just, I don't know. It's funny you say that because uh, I was listening to our tape on because i have like a whole I, I you can probably see behind me i have like tape reel to reels and like all that shit but i was listening to our tape on cassette like we we got them done on cassette uh there's it's actually right behind dan uh, i know i propped it up but um <laughs> but yeah no so we got them on cassette and uh i was thinking like man something about this the warmth and like the like fuzziness of it I kind of like our sound almost better on the cassette, but like I, I totally get the like polished sound, like growing up, like watching metal quality specifically after, I don't know if you know, Joey Sturgis after he did all those like metalcore uh, albums, like everybody was go kicking in the high gear with like music quality especially in metal so i feel like now we have this whole polished sound and like 
the rawness is starting to fade away, but I kind of I kind of want it to stay there a little bit. There's some bands that still sound good raw, like I said, but like like you'll you'll hear recordings now like sometimes and it'll just be like, man, I, I kind of wish it was a little bit like they spent yeah, a little more fair. time and money on that, you know. Um but I guess I guess we've kind of talked about the EP a little bit. Obviously, I I enjoyed it, and it sounds like you guys kind of like. Did you guys already know Jawdust before that, or is that like how you guys linked up with them? Was like through your EP, or? Um, I'll take this one because our friend Steve. Uh, well, actually, wow, I'm saying our friend, our bassist Steve, uh, is uh, and and my friend Vecchi, uh, we're all we, we all grew up together. Me, Steve, and Vecchi, uh, um. Steve went to Yorktown. I went to uh, Hen Hud. Um, uh, and uh, we basically uh, knew uh, Danny from Jawdust. Uh, sorry, Vecchi knew Danny from Jawdust. And we got together through him. I think Steve and this other kid, Miguel, who's uh, part of Brown Table, which I'll mention later if we get a chance. Um um steve and miguel kind of met up with him and he they we all basically met up and knew each other through the scene so like going out and meeting these kids we found out that danny had was playing the front draw dust and they were like a band that was going to be up and coming and we immediately got excited because they were our friends sorry that explanation was bonkers but um (laughs) Uh, <laughs> I was like slipping up on my words. I just couldn't think of it. Man, you got oh, it. But, but um, yeah. So we the it, we met them through that, and it it's I we lo- instantly fell in love with their sound when they released their EP, and it it, yeah. it just instantly was ours. Have yeah, had, like, I'm sorry. Ha- and I get, I, I guess, like jumping back to the EP and the reception. Then, like, has have you guys linked up with anybody else? Like, has has anybody else caught wind of the band since you guys dropped the EP or anything? Or have you guys got any like, uh, pr- like type uh, of press or anything yet? Or I mean, we got on a couple radio. Uh, we got on a radio station in Chicago. Uh, we got on this YouTube on. Uh, it was like a, a new old school thrash metal kind of thing. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. We're trying to. What like... was the magazine? No, wasn't there a magazine? Oh or yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a review on a magazine just recently, Metal Forces. Um, but you know, nice we're seven out of ten. That's right. We, we awesome. think we think it's gonna pick up after the uh, after the show. So yeah, yeah. Sub Zero's headlining that show. It's second nature in Pisco at Skateboard Park, and it's all ages show. It's 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 gonna go a bunch of bands. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. So, I think this might air after that. I don't know how many we have ahead of this. I have to talk to Greg after we record. He, he interviewed somebody recently. Okay. I don't know if he's edited that or not. Uh, shout out to Greg, who I run the podcast with. He couldn't be with mm-hmm. us tonight, but him and I usually try to do these together, kind of have the back and forth. But tonight, obviously, having three of you guys, uh, the back and forth is pretty relatively easy to 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 do. Obviously. Um, what about what about what else you guys have coming up? Any other plans for any other shows or anything, or just kind of take it as it comes? I guess we're looking for shows. So if anybody can hit us up, up about shows, I'm throwing that out there right now. We are all. I'll mention this right now. If we're doing plugs, I'm like, we Steve and I are part of uh, this collective called Brown Table. And we're about to be putting on tons of shows in the Hudson Valley area. We're hoping. I mean, we don't want to like, you know, counteract, count, you know, but 
like we plan on putting out a like starting a bunch of shows around the area. We have this one coming up at Second Nature, which if if this airs or not, whatever. But um, we want to get all the Hudson Valley bands on and, and all the bands in the surrounding area too. And we're not just looking for hardcore bands. We're like going for every genre. So like, honestly, that's, that's, I know Grave Heist is going to be on a couple of those shows. And then other than that, we are looking for shows. So yeah, it's just different now. I mean, it's it's just it's harder. We're limited on on places to play, and like some of the, you know, especially in the the areas here. I mean, the, you know, Zach and I are down down lower towards the city, and I'm I'm you're a little bit closer, Zach. He's in Pelham. I'm in I'm in Thornwood, White Plains area, which is like you know 20 minutes from from you know the Bronx or whatever. There there's a handful of spots, but nothing crazy. Real small places. They don't really want rowdy rowdy. And as soon as you say any kind of either metal, hardcore, or whatever, they're like. No, you know, it's it, they dealt with it in the past and blah blah blah. This this thing that they put together at Second Nature at the skateboard park, with it being all ages, it's fantastic. It just reminds me of like how it used to be. You know, like like my son, he's he just turned 18. Uh Ethan was like, dude, let's pull him in here, man. He put him on and for uh for back in for like the gang vocals and shit at his house. So he put him on, you know, I mean that is the coolest shit be able to do that. And like so have having the all ages stuff. It, and getting these kids like Lou's gonna have all his buddies there. My daughter's gonna bring some friends, and we got flyers everywhere. And I just, I know what he's trying to do, and it would just be nice to for you know for this to ignite like these kids to be like, you know, when's there another one? When's there another one? And shit, if we got to do that once a month at the skateboard park just to get heads over there, the word's gonna get around. I mean, we, even with Sub Zero headlining this, you know, in, in next weekend, that alone, you know what I mean, should ho- hopefully pull some some people too. And with these other bands, I don't really know the other bands that we're playing with, but if they're bringing people in it, you know, it's, it's just that networking thing. Hopefully it'll work out. I think, I think that's one of the problems we're trying to solve as like the Brown Table Collective is that like we want to, we, nobody wants to host heavy shows. And like, especially in the Hudson Valley, I mean, we just lost the chance. That was the one venue that everybody went to. And like, I'm not saying it was the greatest, but they we had there there were great times to be had there and like honestly brown table just wants to you know like bring that back bring shows back in this area and specifically the hudson valley and like the close surroundings the thing is too with the chance just to continue what you were saying is that it turned a lot of bands like let's just say like us off because the way they they handled the bands like the opening booking just like with the booking you they would give the band let's say 75 tickets you had to sell those 75 tickets to be able to open for the headliner basically and if you didn't they're like well, you know you're not gonna either gonna get asked back you're not gonna you know what i mean not that we're even doing it for the money obviously now we want to go out and play man we want to get our music out there and, and have a good time and, and you know and, and network and all that but that's that's one of the main reasons why i think that place is just going under because it just turned they couldn't get acts in there you didn't get the headline bands but you know what I mean? It's like you, you get these local guys in there. They don't have that many people who are going to spend $20. You know what I mean? It's fucking ridiculous. And then so, apparently it's expensive to book there. So, yeah, it's it's a nightmare. So, I mean, we're actually, we're going to go. I'm going, Life Bag and he's playing there with Sub-Zero and Sick of It All on August 8th. We're going to, we're going to, yeah, that's going to be great. That sounds that's like a good one. 
we have a venue we have a i'm not gonna mention the name fuck them but we have a venue here that does the same <laughs> ticket bullshit everything i think every city has that it's it's, um, it's like the thing to do now yeah yeah and then i don't know what that fucking wannabe uh uh fire festival thing in kentucky last year was where that dude was trying to make people sell tickets to uh that fest didn't even yeah. happen that weird like deathcore metalcore fest or whatever yeah, that, that's a little weird but um I'll plug it too because I meant to mention at the beginning of the episode. I'm doing a show in Rochester on July 29th, um, so I'll I'll, uh, I'll hit you guys up about something on the summer or something. Uh, I already have that show booked in July, but um, and there's a few other people here that book shows. I mean, you guys are probably what like four or five hours away from Rochester at most, right? Yeah, yeah about, no. six, yeah, about six yeah, hours. Six. Oh yeah, because you're closer to New York City. I should probably right, closer yeah. to six. Um, but yeah, I'm in the same boat. Like we're trying to start, like there's a few people that have been booking shows here, but um, I've been wanting to get back into doing it. I've been talking about like getting back into doing shows since I started this podcast pretty much. And I'm kind of encountering the same thing. It seems like most of the good all ages venues here are similar to like that weird, like speakeasy type thing that Zach was referring to earlier, where like somebody's doing a show in a bike shop in a few weeks that's probably a cool venue but it's like not downtown you know what i mean like i, I don't know if i'm just picky but like i prefer for the venue to be like downtown if it's going to be all ages you know what i mean where people can get to like not in like some weird like side area absolutely so like the venue most of our like clubs or bars are 18 or 21 plus and then the other thing i've noticed too i don't know if this is like people trying to catch up from COVID and the pandemic or if it's because like some of these clubs don't know me and they think I'm like a mark or whatever, but like hmm. venues caught like a charging more now. Like when I was trying to book, like, cause I was trying to put something together they for are. the holidays, like something bigger. And they want like a couple of our bigger venues, which I've never even really booked at. Like they were like the prices they wanted. I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. You know what I mean? And like our, our smaller clubs are still somewhat cool, but even that's like, you know, it's not all ages, you know? So yeah. Yeah, that's something I understand. They want to make alcohol and everything, you know, avoid trouble with, with the miners and shit. But I don't know, it's tough. I mean, some of the places too, I was talking to a, a buddy of mine, and this is going down. This is what they're starting to do down more down south, North Carolina areas that they're just trying, they're bringing back the Sunday venues, you know, yeah. where it's like, you know, most of, most of the bars after Saturday, all those people, they're like, yeah, fuck, you know, we're not going to yeah. make money after two o'clock anyway. So fuck it. You know what I mean? If we, if you guys bring the money, maybe we can make it a regular thing. Yeah, but I don't want to be too time, negative. Man. I don't want to be too negative. Like there are places popping up. Like there's yeah. like little venues here and there, and people are working. A lot of people, other than Brown Table, are working avidly to bring venues back around this area. But it needs to happen. See, this is why. This is how this works. This is why it works because he's positive, and I just start fucking talking shit. <laughs> in rochester to stay with the positive vibe we do have a few venues that are, you could do an all ages show i just wish we had like a consistent venue that i could just like have a date like every month basically like you guys are saying like the all ages like on sundays type thing and not have to go through the hassle of like am i gonna have to call six different places to get one date for an all ages show you know what i mean yeah, yeah. so um but yeah, I, I think we kind of covered most of the stuff that I would have liked to have talked about. I mean, Dan, I'm sure we could do a, a more of a tell-all with some of those New York hardcore stories eventually. Uh, I know. I wish it would have brought Josh on here too, man. Maybe maybe we could do it again sometime. We get Josh yeah. here. He's got some great yeah. ones too, man. We got a lot yeah. of history together too. Yeah. So that's what I was going to shout out guys... some bands. Yeah. Oh, you're you're. you're I gotta shout out some bands before we go. So whenever, let me. I'll ask you. 
I'll ask you to do shout outs in a second. I was just going to touch on what Dan said though. Like, yeah, when you guys have, have more recording shit coming up, obviously, you know, we can definitely do a round two and, and, and uh, cause I'm sure we're just kind of starting to scratch the surface here, you know? Um, but I feel like this was a pretty good introduction uh, to Grave Heist for everybody. Uh, like Ethan and I were talking about before the interview, we'll, uh, we'll play a song after the interview. We're still kind of deciding which one we're going to play. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll find the right breakdown for all the listeners, uh, I guess. Um, but yeah, before we, before we jump in shout outs and plugs, uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to, to add to the interview or anything before we, before we wrap up? Um, I'm going to say that our two new singles for this uh, split EP are wild. Like I, I'm personally really proud of them. I know the rest of the band, even though they won't say it, is definitely proud of them. Um, they're they're bangers. So I'm really excited for this new release that we're we're like working on. Not to mention the other stuff too. We got more material. I mean, we're we got stuff in the works. I'm I'm real excited. I'm really excited. And also to thank you, thank you for putting this on. <laughs> yeah, Seriously. definitely. I appreciate it. Well, I hope there's plenty of good mosh parts, and I hope you have at least one one line that's as catchy as, as that op that opening line in the first song. Uh, <laughs> let's get let's get it or whatever. I when I open the episode with you know, so yep. I like I like that. Like we were talking about earlier, we're in that age too where you have to between the social media age and there being five thousand bands, you have to find some way to kind of stand out right now. You know what I mean? So I'll say it: every band needs to say their name in a song. <laughs> um i'm gonna say this shout out to quiet gone mad new vision and servants of sorrow servant of sorrow they're all crazy ass hudson valley bands all different genres definitely check them out um i guess well i guess speaking of which anybody else want to give any shout outs or you guys want to plug anything yeah jaw does too jaw does yeah. too and i've just got <laughs> quickly plug but i'm actually playing in another band called shoot the five uh i'm in long island excuse me on long island got to clarify that part uh like a beat down hardcore band um still groove oriented too because i'm the one writing the guitar parts <laughs> steve is also in a cover band i feel like i should mention that uh he'll uh i'm sure you'll see stuff from them too yeah. Also, to to sub zero for for for, for headlining yeah, our our show you. next yeah this week coming up, and uh, even though I think the following weekend they're they're doing uh, I don't know if I have it right, but I think it's a twenty year, could be twenty year, it could even be thirty. I don't know if I have this right. Um, them and Biohazard doing a show in Long Island, uh, finishing the tour. They're doing a, like a reunion uh, show in Long Island. I don't know the place, so I forget, but. That you know, it's not hard to find nowadays. You can find that on the internet, I'm sure. <laughs> and it might be a 30 year for urban discipline for urban discipline. I right? like that was 93, right? Yeah, yeah, it has to be then. Yeah, yeah, it was because Lou, I think Lou and I don't know if Richie was there too. They were on the they were on Brooklyn Bridge when they recorded Punishment, and that was that was during that tour. So yeah, it's probably you're right. I think it's 30 years. Right. I, I I was only 12 at the time, so I got into Biohazard a little bit later. But I, I think it was around. I think I feel I feel like it was around that time. I've never seen Biohazard, so I definitely I can't really travel very far because my kids are a little bit younger than yours, Dan. But uh, I definitely hope they play. They probably won't because no bands like really want to come to around here for whatever reason like that. But they'll probably just play like bigger cities. But it'll be really dope to see that with them them with that lineup, you know? Yeah, yeah. They still they still freaking shred, man. It's it's crazy. Love it. The Hardcore Archive podcast is Josh Lyons and Greg Benoit with creative support from Rob Antonucci.
This podcast is a product of the Rochester Hardcore Community. Theme song provided by Stand Fast. Visit Hardcore Archive Podcast on Linktree to listen to past episodes. Follow Hardcore Archive Podcast and Enterprise Hardcore Podcast on Instagram for updates. If you have an idea for an episode or would like to have your band's music featured during the closing credits, please contact us at hardcorearchivepodcast at gmail.com.